Welcome in to Chicago's College Tailgate, the preview podcast, our last preview podcast as we get going here as the season now, just a few days away, Shay, you can can smell the football in the air. Oh my God. We've got a lot on deck for you today. We're going to go through our college football playoff picks for the year, as well as get you some future plays to make as well. And We've got week zero, just a couple days away, so we will dive into all of that here. By the way, this episode of Chicago's College Tailgate is brought to you by Twin Peaks. So as I started to look through everything that kind of goes into my college football playoff formula, you know, we've never seen a two-loss team make the playoff. And I think this year we could get multiple. It just feels like one of those years where... I take it. It feels like one of those years where... Teams are a little inverse of each other. Some teams have the pedigree and like the rest of the team built around it, but have questions at quarterback. You've got other teams who they have the quarterback, but some of the surrounding pieces maybe aren't as good. I think we've got, we could be in for like a a real roller coaster type season in college football. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of these teams have fifth and sixth year guys leading uh, some of these teams. And you also have some teams where uh, you got a freshman or sophomore in at quarterback, even though the rest of the team may be built to win now. So my question would be, if you're thinking a lot of two-loss teams are getting in, are you shutting out the Pac-12 or is the Pac-12 involved? The Pac-12, according to what I have right now, is not involved. <laughs> no, so bunch of two-loss teams in the yeah, SEC when I say and a bunch, the Big Ten? I say, I say two. I think we wow. will see two. That is... That is a heater of a take. But I think it's going to be one of those seasons where you're not going to have a choice because a lot of teams are going to have two losses. I don't think we're going to see any undefeateds this year. What was it when Penn State won the Big Ten and didn't go? Did they have two losses, but they had beaten Ohio State? And so Ohio State got in despite not playing? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that it does feel like we're at a point where if that happened again, and granted, Ohio State won the national championship, so it's not like they got it wrong. But I do feel like if that exact situation happened again, the two-loss conference champion would get in over Ohio State or Michigan sitting on the sideline. Yes, I I agree with you there. All right, so let's get into it. Your one through four. You want to go? You want to count them down four four to one here? Who we've got as our seeds? All right, so let's start. Who is your number four team in the seedings when we get the college football playoff in January? I am not shutting out the Pac-12. All right. So I am going USC as the fourth seed. And I know in our uh, Pac-12 preview, I said they they could just as easily lose four games as they could go undefeated by the way I just view their defense. I do think the undefeated is more likely. In the Pac-12, it's not an especially strong conference. A lot of good quarterbacks. But they're the likeliest team to win it. And if USC is one loss or undefeated, I got news for you. The committee is putting them into the playoff yes. with Caleb mm-hmm. Williams and the brand and a return to glory. Riley. Yeah, yeah, that team is going to the college football playoff. I have USC. In. Okay, my number four, I'm rolling with LSU. I think that you've got um, you've got Brian Kelly there for another year here. He did a really good job in year one. And I think the recruiting, he's he doesn't have to play with the Notre Dame standards anymore. He gets to get his guys in this program now. Jaden Daniels, I'm a big fan of as well. I think that this is, and Jaden Daniels, he's currently the the second shortest odds to win the Heisman right now. I think he could be primed for a huge year this year to build off of last year. So I've got the LSU Tigers as my number four team. It was difficult for me to not put Texas A&M three. It was very hard for me <laughs> because, look, and more on that in a little bit, I okay. think Texas A&M is a team that can win the SEC. And if they do win, like whoever wins the SEC is going to the playoff. So if that's Texas yes. A&M, they're going to get in. Mm-hmm. But I ultimately went LSU because I think they should be the favorite in the in the SEC. It's not a bet that I'm particularly invested in at the odds that are available. But I'm going LSU because of everything you just said, you have the quarterback back. You've got Brian Kelly with a full year continuity. No more Notre Dame stuff. It's full go. This is a top 10 team entering. Now, the big matchup is that early one with Florida State. Does one of their seasons end week one? That's a huge question. But I have LSU as the number three team in the playoff. And I feel like this is a year where Georgia... Asking Georgia to win the SEC three straight seasons, go to the college football playoff, win Win. in the college football playoff a third consecutive season. And by the way, win a game for the like 
how many years in a row now? For yeah, them? right. Like, and and by the way, brand new quarterback, brand new offensive yes. coordinator. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think the Georgia situation is as cut and dry. They're going to be unbelievable. They should be the favorite, but they're going to have this unbelievable undefeated year roll through the SEC again with a brand new QB, brand new OC. All this turnover, you lose Bear Alexander from your defensive front. He goes to USC. I'm just not sold that Georgia's a great bet. So I'm going LSU in the SEC and the three seed in the playoff. I've got, you brought up uh, Florida State. They're my number three that I have here. And I think you look at the schedule that Florida State plays. If you split with LSU and Clemson, both of which are road games, if you split those, then you're gold. You just go one and one, you'll be golden the rest of the way. I still think there's a world where they're a two-loss team and can get in as well. Um, I'm a big Jordan Travis fan. Um, and then you just look at what they've got coming back on defense. Jared Verse, I mean, he's yep. going to be a menace off the edge there. And the ACC, you know, this is the year where I think Florida State has the leg up on Clemson. I I look at, I, I really think Clemson is going to be one of those teams that's maybe in the five, six, maybe even seven range. They'll be hovering around there, but ultimately I think an ACC championship for Florida State is going to be what puts them over the top. Yeah, Florida State too. I, I think Florida State wins the opening game against LSU. The game's in Florida, I believe. Yes. Neutral site, neutral but site I believe Florida, it's yeah. in mm-hmm. Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they take the opening game against LSU, and I think, honestly, they got a shot to go 12-0. Win an ACC, undefeated, Jordan Travis in his final season. Mike Norvell. Six-year guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, and Mike Norvell, the head coach, a year ago was where Jimbo Fisher is now. He was the, you're going to suck and get fired, and Dion's going to take your gig guy. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't suck, and he didn't get fired. He had a way better season than anyone could have anticipated. And now, granted, the expectations rise a little bit, but I think the talent level at Florida State this year is as good as anyone in the ACC, and I believe in Mike Norvell now. I didn't used to, but I now am comfortable. I mean, that's a guy back against the wall. It would have been very easy last year to just get pummeled and take off, go your merry way. Instead, he hangs around, does this unbelievable season nobody anticipated, gets the longer term to stay at Florida State, forget Deion Sanders' dreams. We're keeping Mike Norvell. I believe in what he's built, and I believe in what they have this season. I think they go undefeated in the ACC and finish the season as the two seed in in America. All right, my two seed, I've got Georgia, even with the change to Carson Beck at quarterback. He's still a four-star kid. I think you look at some of the history with Georgia quarterbacks, uh, like one of, one of the best guys to come through your program didn't make it out a year when you look at it from a recruiting standpoint, and that's Justin Fields. So you, when you've got talent at the quarterback position, I think you'll have a little bit, not continuity. Now, they did have a big running back injury the other day, um, but I'm looking at what Georgia's, they're still just going to replenish. Mm-hmm. That's been the Georgia way. They've 300-pound offensive line. They've lost guys before. It's not like they haven't had to completely retool a defensive line or an offensive line or a receiving room or a running back room before they've done it before. Kirby smart, fantastic coach. I think he's going to have these guys ready. That's why I've got them number two. So you're telling me that Georgia is the new Bama you're on board that every year it doesn't matter. Like Bama's the new Georgia, maybe where they'll have some down years (laughs) and Georgia's the new Bama where just, it doesn't matter. The the talent level is going to be too high. Well, I think part of it too, is where we're at right now in not just college football, but college sports. Like this is sort of the end of that run now of guys who have been at these schools for a million years. Once we hit that end of the run and then NIL, I think we NIL has been prevalent, but I think you'll really start to see it rear its head in the next two, three years in terms of, Oh wow. Like those teams have a monopoly on these um, like five-star guys because of the fact that they can just pay out the ass for them. Yeah. So I, I, I think NIL is going to actually turn the tide back to Alabama. But for right now, where we're at, I I like Georgia. One of the best things about Georgia, I don't have them in my top four, actually, which is maybe a little bold, but I mentioned three straight years. It's tough. It hasn't happened. It was tough to pick four. It was really tough this year. It hasn't happened since the 30s. That's why I think there could be multiple two-loss teams in. It's an interesting point. Um no, it was just my thing with Georgia that I love about them and kind of why it's hard not to be in on them is they just openly run a dirty program. They're like, <laughs> they're like, our program is so scummy and so 
messed up. If you pull the curtain back, you would hit us with level one violations from here to the moon. So look at everybody speeding. Go talk about that. Here's everybody getting speeding tickets, driving 140 miles an hour on a country back road. Let's deal with that issue. Talk about that. We'll take accountability for it. Just don't pull the curtain. I like that they're just openly running things as shady as possible because you know what? It's more honest than half the schools in this in this country. Yeah. Where would Michigan be if they had decided to just run things openly dirty? Well, they wouldn't be. Like Harbaugh would not be there. That they would have. Well, no. When when Michigan was having the lean years with Harbaugh, they would have used this as the the reason to punt them out of there. Yeah, they would have. But if they had done, if they just openly said, "Yeah, we were cheating," uh, sorry, it (laughs) might be a one game suspension. You'd get the Johnny Manziel one half, and you'd be back on the sideline coaching the second half against East Carolina. Mm -hmm. No, we're Bowling Green, whoever the Mm -hmm. fuck they open with. Yeah. Um, All right, my one is Ohio State. All right, I'm willing to hitch my wagon to Kyle McCord. It's another thing where Michigan beating Ohio State three times. Ask me when I've seen that in my life. Mm-hmm. Never. I see now. This is the one I was I was thinking about putting Ohio State when ultimately I think it's going to come down to who wins the game at the end of the year and ends up becoming the Big Ten champion. Because yep. like I don't think you're going to see sideline watchers like last year get in. And uh, like you you brought it up at the beginning of the show, like you're, we're not going to see the team that doesn't participate in a conference championship just kind of fall into the college football. Notre Dame a few times. Yeah, sure. I don't think we're going to see that. Type or of- a conference title loser like TCU last season. True. I, I'm well. I'm more like obviously. Uh, well, I've got Georgia and LSU. I think a conference title loser can get in sure. uh, that way. But looking at like the game is at Michigan this year. I I think that I I don't know who Kyle McCord is yet. When I I could totally like three weeks in, four weeks in, say hmm, I might be wrong on this one, and take Ohio State because boy, do they've got talent around there. You've got two phenomenal receivers on the edges mm-hmm. for you. You've got a great defensive line. I mean, this team's going to have what four or five first round picks this year. Yeah, like they have the talent, but. It's another one of those things where is the quarterback going to hold you back because he doesn't have the experience in a game like this? I just, when you look at Marvin Harrison Jr. and the talent that he's got, Kyle McCord coming into the game can be a difficult position. Like JJ McCarthy's familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But again, I refuse to believe that Jim Knowles is going to pull his brain out of his skull and go zero blitz for an entire game against Michigan and just let JJ McCarthy throw pitch and catch deep balls. Like I, I can't imagine it's going to happen again. Ryan day. Let me ask you this. If Ohio state loses to Michigan again, Mm -hmm. do they kick Ryan day off the bus? Get the fuck out. Three straight losses to this school. Like you could be his overall record. He's lost like four games total. Mm -hmm. You could add another one on, win every other game, not make the playoff, not make a Big Ten title, and you're having fun in the whatever second-tier bowl that nobody cares about. Everybody's sitting out protecting their NFL stock. Are you just like, you know what? This isn't the standard. Goodbye. I can't live in a world where Ryan Day is going to lose this game three consecutive seasons. I'd be stunned. I think he would get one more crack at it. I've never seen Michigan beat Ohio State three straight times. I've seen them lose 16 out of 18. I haven't seen them win three straight. But the thing about it, like, Michigan has been the better team. Yeah, in, in both, both matchups. Those, it, like, sometimes, like, Michigan hasn't been the better team and they win, or Ohio State hasn't been a better team and they Michigan has clearly been the better team in both games. And what's so fascinating about it, too, like, it's just an odd matchup where Michigan just has their numbers, seemingly, because... It's like Michigan takes Ohio State's head off. Power run. They, they're dominating the second half, just clearly gassing an Ohio State defense. But then Michigan goes up against Georgia and gets flattened, yeah. like taken off the map. And it's funny because like the talent disparity is not that far. I mean, right. especially at the quarterback position, heavy advantage Ohio State. Well, it's every something year. like Ohio State feels built to beat Georgia, LSU, the big boys from the other conferences. And Michigan feels specifically built to beat (laughs) Ohio State. So you end up with Michigan getting in and getting clobbered where they beat Ohio State fair and square. They're the better team. But maybe Ohio State would have fended better in the playoff. Like last year, Ohio State probably should have beaten Georgia. 
if not for the awful field goal at the end, mm -hmm. they would have beaten Georgia. Michigan had their heart stomped on by TCU. And I don't care what anybody says about the Roman Wilson scored bullshit. When you run the annexation of Puerto Rico on the one-yard line, you're not going <laughs> to win a game. Like, when J.J. McCarthy's fumbling on first in an iPhone, mm -hmm. you're not winning the game. So, like, it's just interesting to me, and it's a totally different conversation, but it's it's fascinating the way Ohio State seems to fend better against the big boys, but can't get over the hump with Michigan. Yeah, like, looking at Ohio State's schedule here, like, Kyle McCord's going to have his, cut, his work cut out for him once he gets end of September, early and then like into October because you've like end of September, you, you're at Notre Dame. Like, are, and then you, you're home against Maryland. Like Maryland's not great, but I think they're like a plucky little big 10 team, right? We see that team every single yeah, year. More on them in a bit. At Purdue, uh, then that's nothing there. And then home against Penn State and at Wisconsin. So like October is really going to tell me who Kyle McCord is, and honestly, like the month of October is probably going to influence who I would pick in the in the the game at the end of the year. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting for sure. I'm leaning Ohio State part because I don't want to pick Michigan. Like this is a little bit of Desmond Howard on Sunday Countdown when he just mm -hmm. will only pick Michigan <laughs> Saturday, whatever game day. Uh -huh. Um. I don't want to pick Michigan because I do hate them. But also, I hate, I don't like JJ McCarthy, like as a player. I saw Joel Klatt's rankings. Boy, you talk about a guy whose checks Where are Where do you have JJ? One. I'm glad the checks are oh, still boy. hitting the back of your mailbox. I, I'm like, holy cow. Ward sign off on that himself. JJ McCarthy ahead of Caleb Williams. I'm like, Joel, come on. You don't have to vomit the paycheck onto, onto the broadcast. What are we doing? All right. Uh, do you have any dark horse college football playoff picks? Uh, Texas A&M &M is the, first. yeah, I think that they're the team that people are going to look at as a little bit like Florida State last year. I talked about this when we talked about the SEC, I think, and that it feels like the Norvell at Florida State where everybody's expecting Jimbo to get fired. I think the talent's way too good. I like Connor Wigman a lot as a quarterback, the sophomore. I, I think the SEC West is not the beast it usually is. Bama blows to me, like relative to where they would usually be. I like AM a lot this year. Mine is Washington because I think Penix could have a 40 touchdown year. You've got good pieces on defense. Now, here's the thing here's why I didn't pick them. Three of their last four games are at USC versus Utah at Oregon State. That three-game stretch is going to determine right there if you're a college football playoff team. If you can go two and one in there and also have a win against Oregon banked up earlier in the year, which is a home game for them, then you're talking about a legitimate college football playoff team. Yeah. And they'll be playing like one down the stretch there and probably going to be a Pac-12 champion on top of that with another win against one of those teams. So I, I think with all of that, and you've got the, the receiver talent as well, you've got some good pieces on your defensive line too, and a, a sixth-year quarterback in Michael Penix, who is going to be in the Heisman conversation. You want a couple bombs. Like A&M's 12-1 to 1 to make the playoff. I'm mm -hmm. looking right now. If you want another just bomb, and this mm -hmm. is a bolder claim again, Wisconsin 11-1 to 1 doesn't... I was, I was thinking about that a little bit. It's a little bit. enticing. You're getting 11-1. to 1, You're going to get paid for the opinion. Like, I'm looking through the odds. Now, they do have, on the crossover schedule this year, they do have Ohio State. Yeah. So, so it kind of gets decided in that spot. Mm -hmm. But again, if you win the West, you go to the Big Ten title game. Yes. Maybe you get a makeup you shot. Maybe you play Michigan. Yeah. Maybe you play Penn State. They're like, going to have the opportunity to, to write your resume. I think Wisconsin has a shot at 11 to 1. I'm interested. And you just look at the rest of these odds. You get Michigan or Bama at even money. I wouldn't touch it with a fucking 10-foot pole. Mm -hmm. You're giving me Bama even money with a team that even Nick Saban will tell you is the worst he's had in years. Like Texas, 3-1. to one. No thank you. They should be the favorite in the uh, in the Big 12. But I don't buy Quinn Ewers is going to be incredibly healthy. And if he's not, that Arch Manning is going to come in and, yeah. and save this thing. At least I don't have to look at Hudson fucking card again as the backup quarterback. And maybe you can actually beat Alabama this year. But I'm not getting involved at 3-1. to one. Clemson plus 325, I'm not getting involved. Yeah. The talent's just not 
there at Clemson. I mean, they, they still have like a number of all ACC guys, but they don't have like the yeah. all American type guys. Well, and it's just even from a betting perspective, you're asking and me. I think Klubnik could be really good. Yeah. Like maybe even the player of the year in the ACC, but I, I just, I just don't know. Cause like Klubnik can be the player of the year in the ACC. And that doesn't mean Clemson is winning the ACC. If Jordan Travis is the player of the year in the ACC, Florida State is winning the ACC. Yeah. Like you're giving me, I have to give you my money for basically five months, and you're giving me just better than three to one on Clemson. I, I'm out. Like I, this is where I'm looking for long shots. One that I absolutely wouldn't touch is Notre Dame, sandwiched with like eight teams that are just better than them. Like who's better, Oregon or Notre Dame? I'd take Oregon. Washington or Notre Dame? Washington. LSU or Notre Dame? LSU. Uh, how about Oklahoma or Notre Dame? I'll, I'm splitting hairs. I, I don't it's care close, yeah. but maybe Oklahoma, like Utah, Notre Dame. It, Utah has a, I think Utah could have a better resume at the end of the year. Yeah. But Notre Dame may have the better record. But that's like, that's where Notre Dame is in the odds. They're getting the same odds as Oregon, Washington, and LSU to go to the college football playoff. Yeah. That's, you have a lot of fans that really like your team and they're putting a lot of money on them to go to the playoff. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. That's a book building in their liability. Like the long shots outside of A&M, maybe Wisconsin, if you want to get really spicy, I, I wouldn't touch anything outside of those two. I'm trying to draw up the case for North Carolina. It's like a super long shot. Like you've got the quarterback there. And the other part too is you look at what UNC, like when they started building the foundation with Mac Brown, a lot of those recruiting classes were built on defense. Now I have to go back and check and see who's still there, but you're talking about like top 15, top 10 recruiting classes that were largely built on defensive players. And those guys are now the ones that are spearheading your defense yeah. now. Cause like that's been the problem with UNC. They couldn't stop a nosebleed over the last two seasons, but you've had the quarterback in place. And I'm wondering if you can get some overachievers on defense or even just some game breakers, guys that can make that can force some turnovers for you. Could that be a team? Yeah. It, With the value. I'm talking from a purely a value standpoint. Here. You have to win the ACC. Mm -hmm. You but you don't play in a division. I, let me look at the schedule, but you don't play in the division with Clemson and Florida State. I think the biggest struggle is you can't lose any games like you. You can't lose to wake. You you have to beat Clemson or they Florida. do play Clemson on the road. Yeah, I year. thought that they played. But it's Clemson. at the end of the year too, so like so you're you building that Clemson. team up. You then have to win an ACC title. Because listen to this schedule. I mean, this is an absolute cakewalk of a schedule. You open with South Carolina, then you've got App State, Minnesota, Pitt, Syracuse, Miami, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell, Duke, Clemson, NC State. Like, yeah, there's like nothing. There's, NC State game might be tough late, but on the road, too. And you know, that's the game that Pack Pride's getting up for. I don't but. hate it. The defense doesn't worry me as much as some of the skill players. Drake May can work a lot of magic, but that offensive line was atrocious at times last season. The skill players aren't anything to write home about. The defense is okay. Like, everything's just okay. And then Drake May, if you get some overperformers in places, maybe you can win the ACC and have that sort of TCU type of season. Mm -hmm. I just, it, it, look, you're going to get paid for it. You want to throw 10 bucks on a huge line? Yeah, I don't hate you for on it. A 30 to one for, for North Carolina. I don't and hate again, you this for isn't it. to win it. This is just to make the, the CFP. I'm not going to call you, anybody dumb. And you play in a conference where you, or well, you play in a division within a conference where you're not going to face the, the beast uh, of having to go through two yeah. major teams. So uh, th that would be the only other one I would really throw out there. I think at you, but all right. Uh, let's go through some of these futures. You've got your, your bag of goodies here yep. of college football futures. You want to just go one by one here? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll start give, off. Well, here, I'll give you like a rundown of what I've got. I've got two to make the CFPs, one Heisman play and three win totals. Okay. I've got, let me see. I've got a couple conference winners. Okay. I have a boatload of win totals. I don't have any Heisman stuff and I got a, I got a couple week zero things. All right. Uh, why don't you save your week zero stuff for when we go through the, the week zero? Absolutely. Uh, let me give you a win total that I think is drop in the bucket, guarantee 
this is the one. If you're going to put some big number, get reckless, putting money on something, this is the one. Hold my money for a while. All right. This is the throw the bank account on it. This is going to fucking hit. All right. TCU under seven and a half gets you plus 115. You lose a lot from that team. Bang it home. Mm -hmm. That team is going to suck. This is like seven and a half. I don't know how you magically got to that number. It makes no sense in my head. They lost the quarterback. They lost virtually every important player. Mm-hmm. They lost the best wide receiver in America in a draft a year ago. I, how are you getting to seven and a half wins? And by the way, last year when they had this miracle season, they lost to Kansas State in the title game. They should have lost to Michigan if the Michigan doesn't fumble on first and, a, and an iPhone from the goal line. They should have lost to Baylor, fire drill kick. Mm-hmm. They should have lost to Kansas. Like, they weren't some juggernaut. They were the, they were, they were the Minnesota Vikings of, yeah. of college football. They were year. Auburn with Nick Marshall yeah. getting the tip drill touchdown against Georgia and the kick six against Bama. And then second half against Florida State cutscene, your head's on the ground. Like, that's... I'm not interested in TCU at all as being even remotely good. I think this is a team I told you last week could lose week one as a huge favorite against Colorado. And then your season's totally offset under seven and a half. Bang it. That's that's coming home. All right. I've got a win total over for you here. The Duke Blue Devils over six and a half plus 126. You've got three preseason all ACC guys. Plus, maybe the most slept-on quarterback in the conference as well with Riley Leonard. Um, That guy's going to be a pro one day. So you put all that together. I thought Mike Elko did a fantastic job last year. Uh, Over 6.5 at plus 126. I'm taking that to the bank. All right. I like that a lot. I offered this uh, last week, so I'll pay off the tease. Or not Mm -hmm. last week, but earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Alabama under 10. This team, if you watched them last season, you cannot sell me on the idea that they were ever legitimate. You can't. Like the the offense, even when Bryce Young was in, had problems. You bring in Tommy Reese, who I don't care about. You bring in Ty Buckner, who was oh, awful, awful at Notre Dame. Awful at Notre Dame, and by all indications, is going to be the starter at Alabama. And if he's not, you want me to buy Jalen Milrow coming in? As did the- you know this by the way? Jalen Milrow's grandfather, I think it was grandfather, maybe it was uncle. I can't remember. Called into the station last year and gave a little scoop. I did. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yes. (laughs) He called into the station last year um, on Waddle and Sylvie to to give like a little bit of a a hint that, oh, uh, my my grand, it must have been a grandson. Uh, My grandson's going to play this week and then he never saw a snap. That's what an incredible story. And now, (laughs) look. Good for you, Grandpa. Your kid's not going to play this year either because he's getting beat by the kid who couldn't throw his 10 yards when he was at Notre Dame. Colorblind, throwing to the wrong team all the time. Like, you putting Tommy Reese at OC and uh, Ty Buckner out there, I'm out. The defense wasn't what it usually is, especially that secondary, one of the worst secondaries that Bama's ever had. Under 10-plus money, you got to play a lot of teams. You got to play LSU. You got to play A&M. You got to play Texas. I could see this easily being a nine and three team, and if you land on ten, I get my money back, right? And I'm happy. You, I think. I think I've a lot heard, of places too are offering ten and a half. I've heard this is now ten and a half with mm-hmm. pretty heavy juice to the under. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pay it if I have to pay a lot of money for it. But if I'm getting plus money on ten, I'm in. You're losing three of the top twelve picks in last year's draft too, mm-hmm. right? And, and pivotal pieces: a quarterback, an edge rusher, and a running back. Like those are say what you want about the running back. It matters in college football a hell of a lot more yeah. than it matters in the pros because it's a four year project, three year project. So. And look, I'm not telling you that Saban is no good anymore, but he's not doing as good a job as he once was. He just isn't. And I think a part of why we have him out in the public bitching about the new rules is because he's not doing as good a job as he once was. He Everybody has the access now and Saban can't dominate those pipelines. It looks like it's playing out on the field for Alabama. You don't have a quarterback? What is this, the A.J. McCarron days? You better have a better defense. Yeah. Like, I I don't think Bama's anything to write home about this year. I could see him 8-4, and four, honestly. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that under there. All right, Florida State over 9.5 is my next play. Yeah. It's heavy juice on the over, minus 144. But, uh, like, I've laid out the schedule before with them. 
You've got two challenging games on your schedule, Clemson and LSU, both away from Tallahassee. Split those, and I think you're golden for the CFP, but you can lose both of those and still hit your over nine and a half. So nine, over nine and a half feels pretty easy to me. Yeah, I like that play a lot. I mean, we both think that this is a team that could go to the playoff. I told you I think they can go 12 and 0. Nine and a half is a bit of an inflated line. A lot of people are in on Florida State, but I think we both happen to be those people. Yeah. Um, my gritty, ragtag, hometown group of clowns. The Michigan State Spartans. I've got a hometown pick too. I am taking the Michigan State Spartans over oh. five and a half. At plus one fifty-five, you're giving me a buck fifty on the dollar to go over five and a half wins. L- let me take you on a little ride through the schedule. All right. Because even if Michigan State blows, I can get you to six. All right. Week one, Central Michigan loss. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. They lose that game, fire Mel Tucker. They lose that game, Herm Edwards, Mel Tucker. In the end, In the zone, end zone after the game's over, get the fuck out. You're not welcome here anymore. You're walking home. Yeah, goodbye. No, if they lose that game, that's it. We're done. Fire him. Pay him off. Whatever you got to do. And we're getting, I don't know, fucking Dion is coming in next year. Uh, Central Michigan, I'll call it a win. Richmond, you didn't know they had a football team. Didn't they have a big win a couple years ago? In football? No, I'm thinking of Old Dominion. I'm thinking of Old Dominion. Oh, the RLs. Yeah. Uh, No, Richmond. Come on. Michigan going the East Lansing, win. Washington in East Lansing going to be tough. Probably a loss. Mm-hmm. I'll call it a loss, but they, we're at two. But that is the, the West team going east. Yeah. Maryland at Michigan State. Coin flip? Can I get you to a coin Maryland flip? Maryland at Michigan State. I would lean Michigan State there. Okay. So I that, would say it's like a, a 55-45 game. We'll put you at three. Michigan State on the road in Iowa City. Michigan State on the road in Iowa City. Kate McNamara flashbacks. Okay. Yeah, probably, but Kirk Ferentz, idiot kid. I could talk to myself up to a coin flip with Iowa, who I don't think much of this season. How about at Rutgers? Win. Yes. That's not even a conference game. (laughs) Uh, You're going to lose. So we're at four. You're going to lose to Michigan Mm -hmm. at Minnesota. Coin flip? I would lean loss. I would too, but can I talk you to a coin flip? No. Even if I can't, I bet I can still get you to six. <laughs> Nebraska in East Lansing. That's a win, probably. Yeah, first yeah. year, Matt Rule, dealing mm-hmm. with the fallout of whatever the hell Scott Frost was. Yeah. I feel like I can get a win. You go to Ohio State, you're dead. You're going to get mm-hmm. murdered. Uh, penultimate game of the season. We're at five. Okay. Indiana. Win. Bang it. We're going over. <laughs> even if you think, five and a half? Yeah. Even okay. if you think this team blows, I can get you to six. And that's not count. Like, if you want to split them, Iowa, Maryland, split them. Iowa, Maryland, Minnesota. Can you get me two of three? We're going over. Okay. And I, I, I think I, you've talked me into I it. I can't do five and seven again. The team's. <laughs> Look, I get you lost Peyton Thorne, and people want to talk like they lost prime Joe Montana. They didn't. The guy wasn't special. Mm -hmm. He was just a fine quarterback. In fact, he's so fucking not special. He lost the job to Robbie Ashford at Auburn. The guy transferred to go to Auburn and didn't even get a starting gig. You want to act like I lost something? I'm okay. Those are those are the the funny stories of, of the transfer portal. Is the guy who yeah, like you said, transfers and doesn't get anything. Right. Okay. You you could have been the starter at state. You go to Auburn. You're backing up a kid who can't play. Yeah, not great. So uh, my hometown pick here, Syracuse, number six and a half, and I'm flushing the under because it, and it, it's heavy juice minus one sixty two. But this team sucks sucks. They have the most phantom quarterback of all time that people think is good, but actually can't throw a football. Um, and Garrett Schrader, he runs, he runs pretty well, but he can't do anything else. You open the season with Colgate win. Then you got Western Michigan, probably a win at Purdue loss home against army win. Then you go through the teeth of the schedule Mm. versus Clemson at UNC at Florida state. That's a three pack of losses right there. Um, (laughs) And this team is just not going to, like, they get to November and crumble. They crumble every year in November. Like, uh, the first, I think it was three years or two years of Dino's time at Syracuse, they lost every single November football game. Every single one. 
because the injuries add up and there is zero depth on this team. They're a team that starts the worst quarterback. But you know what's funny about this is I'm with you. I do think they blow and they're going to go under. Mm -hmm. They're also, do they play at Clemson this year? Versus Clemson, yes. They're going to like maybe win that game. No, 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 because okay. late in the fourth quarter, they're going to be in that game. They'll be in it, but they'll lose. Like that's become the thing. Like, oh, like Syracuse get hangs with Clemson, but they only won the one game and it was the year that they sucked. But last year was the same deal and they lost. They've lost to a backup quarterback at Clemson twice now. They, but DJ they covered. got pulled. Trevor Lawrence Listen, got hurt. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Syracuse covered. I know I was <laughs> on the wrong side of that. I'm holding Clemson minus 14 and a half. Would they win by 13? No, no, it was a one-possession game. Was it that it close? Was a, it was a game-winning drive led by Cade Clemson. I remember being furious late because uh, DJU kept throwing the ball away. And then he got benched. Yeah. <laughs> for, yep. for Clemson. What was it? Syracuse got like four picks off Clemson and, and still lost. They had lost. a scoop and score. Yeah. Like, they want, they murdered the turnover battle. They, I mean, they're one of the most undisciplined teams ever that Terrible. I've seen. So, um, but yeah, this is, this is an easy under for me. All right. What else do you have for us? I'm going to go army. Oh, all right. You're getting a crazy number here under six minus one Oh five. Okay. Here's the deal with army. This is the first year. And I believe their history that they are not going to run the triple option, mm -hmm. new coach, new offense. We're doing things differently. Triple option is dead for the black Knights at West point. That's going to take a little time. You know, just at service academies, you're not just recruiting kids who can run complex offenses. Part of why these schools run the triple option is because they can only get the cream of the crop smart kids who also want to go to military academies. Mm -hmm. It's like high school. When you don't have great players everywhere, you run the wing tee. I have a hard time believing Army has recruited at a high enough level that they can just come out running a shotgun option offense like Coastal. Coach? It, it might be uh, just a new system. Okay. But they're basically going to run the Coastal Carolina shotgun triple option type of offense. Everything's going to come out of the shotgun. I have a hard time believing this is just going to work. And the schedule, it's not easy. Like You, you want to convince me this Army team's getting to six wins. I think you're out of your mind. I'm going Army under six, and you can get a good price on it. Round even money, minus 105. Depends on where you shop. All right. They got, what, three three power conference teams on yeah, their schedule this year. You get, like, Louisiana Monroe win. Delaware State win. UTSA, you're going to get yeah. your ass beat. Syracuse, you're probably going to lose. Boston College, coin flip. Troy. I, I, that's That's a Boston College win there. You think? Yes. Think Boy, that team's so bad. They're bad, but they're definitely better coached. All right. Troy, you probably win. LSU, you're going to be a 50-point dog. UMass, you might win. Air Force, I think, is really good. More on them in a minute. <laughs> Holy Cross, Coastal's going to whip you. And Navy, bounce back here. Like, I think you can fairly easily talk yourself into this being a five-win team. I'm going under six. You don't have to pay a ton to do it. Minus 105 or even money. Okay. What is, do you have any more win totals here? Uh, I have a couple. I'll just blow through them kind of quickly. Right. Both Big Ten, uh, Wisconsin over the eight and a half. Like it? You got to pay a lot. I got minus 190, <sighs> but there's no world that this team doesn't win nine games in one of the worst Big Ten Wests you'll ever see. Mm -hmm. And Maryland over seven. Maryland over seven. Our, uh, our Terps. Our Terps. Our Mike's Lo Mike Loxley Terrapins. I'm all over this Maryland this team could be the, as yeah. like a potential dark horse in the big time. This is like the blow up year for them. And it's like blow up year for them is like you finish third in the division, but with a yeah. good, like you, you elevate past the Penn state. It's a lot of what we've talked about in that you have the fifth year quarterback, the COVID eligibility, mm -hmm. Talia Tagovailoa, pretty good pedigree. Well, highly touted as a recruit. Now, ton of experience, season mm -hmm. five. Mike Loxley's fifth year. He's built something. I think this is the season. Good recruiting base in that area, too. Things, like, things go gets... sideways. The future might be dark. But, yeah. like, I feel like this is a year where everything comes together for them. Maryland's one of those areas, too. Like, it, having the ability to recruit in the DMV area like they have. Like, if you look through some of the recruiting rankings with Maryland, they get some good, yeah. talented players. Like, low-end five-star, high-end four-star guys. Yeah. Year after year. 
All right, you got a couple conference titles, or just uh, I just have a couple playoffs and then a Heisman. For All right, you. Um, I've got LSU to make the CFP plus three forty. I think that's probably of of the teams that we like. That's the best value you're going to find. Yeah, on a team plus three forty, there, love it. Um, and then I gave it my dark horse college football playoff pick was Washington at plus six fifty. Um, I, I think. It, it's all going to hinge. And when you're playing a plus 650 to make the college football playoff there, like it's all going to hinge on that three-game stretch that I alluded to earlier. Yeah. Uh, the, the At USC versus Utah at Oregon State. Uh, I have a couple conference titles that I'll give you. Okay, um, Actually, make it a few. We'll go... We'll start with the bomb, the long shot. I told right. you Texas A&M to make the playoff. I think you get about 12 to 1. You can actually get a slightly better price on them to win the SEC. I'm holding... 14 to 1, Texas AM, all of the talent in a weekend West. All you have to do is beat LSU, really. Beat LSU, beat Bama. You're going to the title game. And then you just got to beat whoever comes out of the East. And I don't know that it's 100% Georgia. It should be. They'll probably sleepwalk to that game. But then you got to just beat Georgia with an unknown at quarterback coming off of playing nobody because the the big the SEC East is so bad. So I like A and M in the SEC fourteen to one, huge bomb play. I also have in the Mountain West Conference, oh the Falcons at Air Force. Air Force, a lot of questions. This is a roster that a year ago was maybe the best that they'd ever had. Hazik Daniels at quarterback, who they've lost. They had huge expectations. Like Air Force was the favorite to win the Mountain West at a point last season. And I was in on it then. And I got killed. They it weren't the, as good as they were supposed to be. The early loss to Utah State, things went horrible. You're getting in the weeds here. But I'm going back to Air Force. I'm going back to the well. Tyler, they lose to Zeke Daniels, the quarterback, but they brought in three kids. They're going to do a three-man rotation at quarterback. They have a guy you can run. They have a guy you can pass. And they have a guy you can do a little bit of both. If you've and got two quarterbacks, you've got none. What do you have agree, if you've got three? But if what do you one have if you of have these three? three kids hits, the roster is still the best in the Mountain West. I like Air Force. Dude, I'm getting, the group of five, I, I've been deep into it. The American, UTSA, I'm all over. Frank Harris, third season or fifth season, ton of experience. Third season is the starter. Been at UTSA forever. The roster has a ton of turnover. Not the favorites because Tulane exists, but I'm all over the Roadrunners, UTSA. Okay. And then the last thing I'll give you is Oklahoma to win the Big 12. All right. I've got, uh, so I was looking through some Heisman odds just now, and two other names actually just popped at me that I'm, I'm going to also play. But I've got Michael Penix Jr. at 16 to 1. Also, I think it's worth a play, even though I don't believe in it yet. I think he can certainly change my mind, and it's worth the play at 28 to 1 because those odds can shrink drastically in a month. Uh, Kyle McCord at 28 to 1 to win the Heisman. And then this is a, a more long shot play here, but I think it's one worth playing, and it ties into your Wisconsin play there. Braylon Allen at 80 to 1 to win the Heisman. I know it's usually a quarterback award, but if he can get in the room at the end of the year, then you can maybe hedge your way out of it a little bit. But at 80 to one, I think the value is at least worth it yeah. for a guy who back to back 1200 yard seasons um, at 80 to one. I think the price is worth it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not getting into the Heisman market because it just feels like it's never the favorite and you're just throwing darts. See the Heisman market. And the MVP market is something that I never win, but it is cracked to me, and I am going to play it every single year. <laughs> like to be holding it late. Last if you're year, involved, it's it's a blast. Last year, I had Anthony Richardson, and it looked good after like a month um, to the point where I was getting like positive cash out value if I wanted to cash out of it. Um, but that, like I could double my money already, but yeah. I, I ended up not doing that, and the rest is history. <laughs> So. Whoops. Uh, one last thing I'll give you on win totals that I forgot to give out. I teased this when we talked earlier this week. The Mustangs. The Pony Express. SMU. ACC zone. Over eight. Minus 170. You got to pay a lot to do it. But there's so this a, is their crusade into the ACC as a nine-win season? Yeah. There's an interesting nugget that I was looking at. with. Uh, I've heard a couple people talk about it. If you follow some of their beat, you can see it. Did you know? Every single kid on the SMU football team gets paid forty grand. 
I feel like I did hear that. Yes, I remember that. All Have you ever them. been to SMU's campus, by I the way? I haven't. I, I want to go badly. I went three or four years ago, and that place is made of money. They're, it is just made yeah, of oh, yeah. money. Their branding is so good. Mm -hmm. I want to go to a college football game at SMU and see the Pony Express badly. It was great. Um, but I would like the 40 grand deal. You're not going to get superstars, but you will keep a lot of your depth. And that's mm. super important when it comes to winning eight or nine games. I like SMU to go over the eight. And you look at the the way that the AAC is shaped this year, too. I mean, you're losing Cincy. You're losing Houston. Yep. Um, you're losing BYU. Like, you're going to be able to to make something in, in the AAC. It's Tulane. Year, it's SMU. And it's uh, UTSA. And other than that, there's really nobody in that conference. Yeah. So I think that is a prudent play for you as they make their way into the ACC moving forward. All right. That, uh, oh, wait, well, we've got week zero. How much week zero? Uh, you got some UMass, much? New Mexico State action for the people. What, what do you have on week zero? Uh, uh, well, I, I got a number that you can no longer bet. Uh, Navy, Notre Dame. I wish I could have given this out. One of those guys. A little earlier. Now fake lines. Well, I bet under 50 and a half. Okay. What's I, it I, know? I can't advertise that because it's 49. Now. Okay. I would still bet the under. And this is where I want to get your take on something that I've been thinking about. Like Hawaii, Vandy, 56. I kind of lean under. Uh, UMass, New Mexico State, 45. I definitely lean under. UTEP, Jacksonville State. I'm, I'm not going to pretend I know a ton about Jacksonville State. But you're going to pretend again, you know about UTEP. At 54, I know more about UTEP than I do Jacksonville State. At 54, once again, I'm leaning under. Like, Tell me if this is big-brained or if this is legitimate. Okay. College football is introducing a running clock. Games are going to get a little quicker. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between... You got to try to beat the market here on it. Getting the play in after a first down when the clock stops... And getting the play in after a first down when the clock is a lot running. of delay of games. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that have to adjust to it. False start penalties, coaches not getting plays in, confused quarterbacks might get turnovers, which can sometimes help the over, but more often than not help the under. I think early in the season, and I want your take because I don't know if I'm just big braining it. You might get a little edge on some of the totals betting unders in games between like Navy Notre Dame's a great one. Navy, triple option, not going to play fast. Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman, they want to run the ball. They aren't going to play super fast. Mm -hmm. Like when you have teams that will shorten the game themselves and you add in the running clock, I think you might have a little edge hitting unders early. I would largely agree with that. I think it's going to be something that you may only get a week or two mm -hmm. squeezed out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I would largely – I think – it's the I think you're going to see a lot of teams. You're going to see a lot of first and 15s because of delay of game penalties yep. and the fact that the clock isn't stopping anymore. And that, to me, is you're asking college kids to play from behind consistently. Like, that could be a problem. Yeah, that's... So it's not like anything I would go crazy with. I wouldn't go bet every under on the board. But like I said, the most of these, Navy Notre Dame, even at 49, I think you're still going to get a little bit of a shade of value. I would be interested in the under. 54 for UTEP, Jacksonville State, I'm interested. Uh, Hawaii Vandy, 56, I'm interested. San Jose State, USC, 66 and a half. Might be a hammer under because yeah. – like USC is going to be up 30 at halftime and power down. Caleb yes. Williams won't play the second half. It'll be a bunch of freshmen and third string and if they're guys. they're not up 30, then they ain't hitting 66 and a half. Exactly. So like when I see minus 30 and a half is the number, do, is that, do you see a world where USC's winning this game 56 to nothing? And even if they do, like you have to get the points out of San Jose State. Right. Is this really going to be a 56-20 type of game, or is this going to be like a 56-7 where you still hit under 66.5? Whenever I make a, a total bet on one of these early cupcake games like this one is, I always say, how many points do I think I can get? Can I get 10? Can I get 14? Yeah. Can I get 17 out of the bum team? And I don't know if you can with San Jose State. Like USC's defense a lot better, man. Mm -hmm. San Jose State's bad. I'll just say they're bad. And I don't think that they're going to go out and put up. If they get multiple touchdowns, you still need USC to score 52. 
to even mm-hmm. sniff the number. Yeah. Like if you get 14, you need USC to get to 53. Mm-hmm. That's how you hit the over here. I don't think it's happening. I'm going under 66 and a half. Um, my yearly tradition. In fact, I'm going to hit that right now. <laughs> Phrasing. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my yearly tradition is always bet Hawaii week one. Oh, it's just because it's fun. The little trip down Rainbow Road at night. Why not? Yeah, but that's the that, that that's the big cat thing. Never bet against Hawaii when they're on the island. Well, they're in Nashville. They're in Nashville this time. But they're I, in Nashville. I know. But it's Vandy. Like it's Vanderbilt football. What do you want? I don't know. Plus 17 and a half. That that that's an under game right there. It's a big number. 55 and a half is what I'm seeing here. But I always oh, I, I have 56. All right. Thanks for the tip. I'm gonna right. hit the 56 now. Um but yeah. I know a lot of people just hit the Hawaii Vandy over because like 630 rolls around and you're just feeling yeah. like watching some football mm-hmm. and you're hoping for points. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> like I don't know if either of these teams can get the 30. Um yeah, that so that pretty much wraps up all the uh you've got you gave out the the Notre Dame play there. Yeah. I think, yeah, like I think the other thing too is with the the big dogs too, it may be worth like it may be worth throwing on some of the like 20 plus point spreads too, because got to be careful, be careful. Yeah. But like lower scoring games, like the under always uh, kind of funnels its way to the dog too. Well, that's the trick. And they tell you not to tease college football. Mm -hmm. I don't like to tease college football. I do a lot of NFL teasing. Yeah. But if you're going to, you should combine like dog and under yes. tends to correlate mm-hmm. favorite and over correlates. Right. That's the way you should be teasing games. If you're going to do it, but like, are you going to get involved in San Jose state plus 30? No, and a half? I'm not. I no. that's where <laughs> you, not, like, you got to be I'm careful. I'm not blowing my wad on week zero. Right. Like I, now if this Navy Notre Dame number got to 21, you can maybe talk me into it. I got to tell you when we get to week one, I'm so excited. I'm going to bet a hundred games. Uh, week one. Oh, I didn't know I was hosting with Phil Mickelson. When we get, listen, I turn into Phil. It's Mardi Gras. The cage opens up. <laughs> week one, when you've got premium television like Bowling Green and Liberty, I'm, I'm all over it. Love it. I'm not actually going to be on that game. <laughs> but like Michigan minus 36 against the corpse of East Carolina. Yeah, I'll be in. All right. All right. That is going to do it. We will be with you on September 2nd live on ESPN 1000 from 10 to 11. And we will recap everything week zero and get you ready for week one next week. What are we going to roll these out? Mondays? Well, I guess we got Labor Day next week. So. Yeah, we'll do a, a Tuesday after week one. And then mm-hmm. uh, we'll figure it out. I think we'll Monday is going to be the day for the most yes. part. So we will, we will get you everything you need in the world of college football, recapping games, getting you ready. Remember, there's going to be a podcast on Mondays, and then we'll have the show, obviously, on Saturdays, getting you ready for every single game. So appreciate you all listening. Hit subscribe if you're not already. This episode of Chicago's College Tailgate, the podcast edition, has been brought to you by Twin Peaks. We'll talk to you guys next week.